From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, episode 247, we're diving into minimalism, why this trend these days is a, well, great influence on our mental and physical health. I mean, there's so much behind this that we need to dive into that makes why minimalism really a pursuit worth pursuing. Now, I feel like today we are more detached from our biological necessities than ever before. Why are influencers like Russell Brand, Wim Hof, Jordan Peterson, Andrew Huberman, um, uh, even Joe Rogan, and uh, you know people who go through much suffering but transcended that suffering, it speaks to our current culture because I feel like people are more detached from their biological necessities. We are comforted by uh, an an excess amount of foods um and uh games distractions uh, there's a pot store marijuana store on each corner of the city it's re- it's unbelievable you know we have everything to numb soothe and distract us but at the same time we are yearning we are looking for more. Um, I feel like these influencers have a huge following because we no longer feel that the things that we are currently holding on to are working for us. They are not having a long-term effect, but only producing more suffering, a more sense of lack, a more sense of well, we feel more insecure and weak and vulnerable the more we pursue and progress towards the ideals society and culture projects onto us through our phones and our apps and our televisions. This is a really big episode because we have to look towards what we act out on a day-to-day basis, but what we... uh, say and do and and in what we worship because we all are worshiping something but we might be worshiping the finite the objective uh truisms that culture culture seems to want us to worship but before we dive more into that go to the YouTube channel, the Anxiety Project YouTube channel, and I post videos weekly. Um, This week, I just posted a video on pornography recovery, these massive eye-opening truths on pornography that you need to check out. Even if you don't suffer from pornography addiction, look at the video because you might learn something about addiction itself and it might connect to something that you know you should stop doing today but you just can't seem to stop doing but not only that about not only do i post things about pornography <laughs> but i post things on all, on all areas of anxiety so last week i posted um, a video on overwhelming thoughts and what to do the the layers that 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 produced these 
catastrophic or like these negative images that come about by the right hemisphere of the brain that keeps you in that worrisome cycle. And then I also produce videos on problems that, you know, anxiety sufferers face on a day-to-day basis. But just scroll through those videos, check them out. Because if you type in the anxiety project, say negative friends, toxic relationships, or uh, habits, or uh, uh, strategies to lessen anxiety, there's a video on it. So go to the YouTube channel, type that in, and you'll find a video pertaining to the problem situation that you're contending with. Or if I happen to not have that video, leave me a question or comment, and I'll later create one for you guys. This is a recovery community and we're growing together because we understand that culture is not looking out for our best interests. We see advertisements of Fruit Loops for our kids that, well, it's being promoted as a nutritious, healthy breakfast, but only producing disease and ADHD for our children, making them weak and, well, vulnerable to the catastrophes of existence. So we have to do things ourselves these days because, you know, growing up, for me, having that belief that everything that the teacher says or that's on the news or what's on the advertisement, that's what's true. That's what's um, right. That's what we should pursue. But that is definitely not the case. And I think that's becoming more true than ever. And that's why these influencers like Russell Brand or Peterson, they have the people connect with them and people understand that this is the path forward. So let's talk about minimalism and why minimalism is a path forward that will help you mentally in your life. The first thing is, how can you tell the difference between what you want and need, right? And that's a huge thing because I've noticed going through my possessions, deciding what to let go of, I actually, in that moment, going through my closet, I pick out something I haven't even worn in a year. And I, my mind generates reasons why I should continue to hold on to it. Oh, you know, this might look good on me. Or, you know, what if an occasion arises and I might use this thing or might use this piece of clothing? And that's when we continue to hold on to things. It becomes very difficult when you start minimalism to let things go if you haven't practiced. Yes, this is a practice, but you need to ask yourself or you need to actually set boundaries for yourself. If I haven't worn this or used this in a year, then let's let it go. Start with that. Start with the one year mark. If you haven't used it within the past year, give yourself permission to let that thing go. I grew up with an abundance of toys, games, clothes, things. Everything I I want and needed. But later in my life, I started to fantasize about people who stuffed their things into a backpack and went overseas or went and traveled the world. And I, there was this yearning and there's this... I idolized these individuals because of the fact that 
they can move out past these possessions. And I never could articulate why I was so drawn to this until later in my life when I was suffering deeply from anxiety. I looked inwards and I asked myself, well, I'm suffering and these things aren't satisfying me. These toys or these these video games, weed, sex, alcohol, whatever you want to call it, these things weren't resolving my suffering. I thought they were going to. That's why I continued down this path. First of all, it's all that I knew. So I was just playing this uh, pattern out that, you know, we see in Groundhog Day, you know, reliving the same day over and over and over again, like Phil, played by Bill Murray. It's so amazing because he's playing the same day over again, but he's becoming more bitter. He's just in this bitter, resentful state where he shakes his fist up at the universe. You know, why can't I have it better? Why can't things just be better for me? You know, and he's also fantasizing that, that maybe moving somewhere else is going to solve my problems. Maybe having this item is going to solve my problem. Maybe looking like this celebrity is going to solve my problem. Maybe having this video game console, maybe having this thing, this car, this home, moving here, moving there, you know, that's going to solve my problem, this vacation. But I've come to notice that that is absolutely not the case because the problems will not only follow you around, but they will return once you come back into the environment. Like an alcoholic who goes to rehab, recovers from alcohol addiction, then returns to the original environment, not even consciously aware that these circuits become, well, stimulated when you come back into contact with friends that promote your drinking or uh, bars that you know, activate that, that circuit, that stimulating circuit, um, these associations that the brain made before light up and attract your attention. Like, like the, the snitch flittering in front of you, it attracts your attention and you can't help but pay attention and seek after that, that light, that, that idea, that urge, desire, whatever you want to call it. And so it's complicated because for me, I noticed that when I was suffering and I started to make certain sacrifices, like little micro routines, you know, going to see a friend or uh, waking up earlier, cleaning the car, doing things that promoted growth in some sense like what what you, whatever your definition of growth is that was mine like uh, taking on these little responsibilities i noticed that all those snakes that one bad habit produced shrunk and and actually disappeared from my life and it seemed like my days became 20% better than those unpredictable and unbalanced days I would face in the past. Then I would write down three things that I wanted to accomplish today. So I shrunk my, the, uh, the amount of to-do lists down to three manageable plans of action. So the first thing for me would be like, oh, clean the car, uh, look for a job, 
and then maybe I want to read 20 to 30 pages of a book. And having a, minimizing the clutter of the mind, because I've had clients come to me and say, Brad, I have, like, I wake up and I know I should be doing like a hundred things. I can't seem to do it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, yeah, it's a problem having a hundred things in your mind, but it's also a problem not tackling one of the hundred things. Maybe you got to set the bar low enough so that you can achieve that one thing so that you can see yourself progressing towards some sort of aim, some sort of goal, because we are goal-directed creatures, after all, who need a load to carry. And if you're not carrying any load or you're not getting around to the mess, the clutter, then where's the positive emotion here exactly? So minimize the amount of to-dos that you have. Write them down. Even if you write down a list of 100 things, take that 100 list and you have to minimize that list down to, well, maybe having a calendar and writing, well, maybe if I can get to these three things this week, four things, five things even, whatever's manageable for you, because we all have complicated lives, we all have busy lives, but we have to get around to that to-do list. There's a lot there. Now, we all repeat the days, like I said before, like Groundhog Day. But imagine, well, in that movie, why I love that movie so much, why it's a masterpiece, in my opinion, is because it depicts how one person can look inwards towards their micro routines that they repeat on a daily basis and shift them around and sacrifice certain routines and also add and and. And what happens when you add certain routines? Well, you actually get a feedback from the people around you in the universe, right? The universe is telling you, okay, well, what you're doing when you clean the car, that's actually worthwhile than playing the video game. There's a different feeling associated with that. But there isn't a difference. And this is the big point I want to get across to you guys today. There isn't a difference between the state of your immediate surroundings and the state of your own mind. And then what, when you don't attend to the garden, it grows. Weeds, bugs, and rodents inhabit the garden. Uh, it grows to extreme lengths. And when you revisit the garden, you go, oh my God, there's too much here. It's like someone's lawn who, when you, they don't take care of it. You know what I'm talking about. You see those people where it's like, it's like you want it, you want them to maintain their lawn, but even you say to yourself, well, how does that person even begin to maintain that now when it's just manifested with weeds and it's overgrown. It's it's like you need to rip that whole lawn out and put a new lawn in, for God's sakes. So yeah, that happens in our own minds and our own lives. Things get too much to the point where the dragon is massive and how are you even going to approach that now? It's too overwhelming. And so a lot of people don't even approach it at this point, but you can if you set the bar low enough. That's massive. But you but the point of that metaphor is that you have to maintain the garden. You have to regularly upkeep that garden in order for it to maintain a certain state or, or a certain standard. 
And that's the Red Queen in Alice in Wonderland. The Red Queen says, in my kingdom, you have to run as fast as you can just to stay in the same place. And for a long time, I didn't really understand what that meant until I got my own place. And then I realized the house needs constant upkeep every single day. And if I don't maintain a constant standard, Today, tomorrow, it's going to be so much worse. I'm going to have to double my efforts to maintain the house tomorrow. So if I constantly maintain the house and if I constantly use that energy to keep things in proper order, then I'm running as fast as I can just to keep the standard to where it is. And that's what that means. You have to run as fast as you can. You have to, it's like Russell Brand says, he has to meditate and exercise and, and fast and, and do breath work in the morning just to feel normal. And I understood what that meant. Yes. I'm like, yeah, just to feel calm, relaxed, centered, you have to work hard on yourself to get there. So a messy room can produce much negative emotion because what you perceive is a room full of obstacles, a bunch of things that need attending to. And that's going to produce that negative emotion, right? So over time, you ignore one thing and that thing accumulates into many more things. Because here's the thing, like cutting off a serpent's head, five more grow. That's the reality of life, right? You give your brain permission to not attend to something, that's fine. But you do that five more times, it becomes a practice. And not only that, you have six things now, that have not been attended to, that will eventually need your attention and it will call out for you. Hey, Brad, you gotta, you gotta attend to this. And so when you go to your sock drawer and you, know, you, you, you should have organized it throughout the week or when you did the laundry, but you don't, and there's a bunch of stuff in there. Maybe there's coins, buttons, uh, old belts in there, uh, pens, whatever it is, right? You go in the sock drawer and now you're digging through all this stuff and it's harder to find something simple now as a you know pair of socks because how, of how unorganized it is and now you have to use up a lot of mental energy and time to find what you need and the level of your frustration is in proportion to the amount of time and energy it takes to find what you're seeking. And that is, is huge. Think about that for a while. So anxiety sufferers who come to me for help, for coaching, they say, well, Brad, I haven't attended to so many things in my life. Like everything just got beyond me to the point where I need help. I need a structure, I need, or I need some guidance, and I need 
what's the word? I need accountability to help get things in track because I've entertained the circuit of the easy road. I've entertained that circuit of, well, you know, ignoring that because it's too difficult. And once you do that long enough, you become weak to the point where, well, you think of yourself as incompetent and, and not somebody who can manage problems. And that's a problem. But anyways, minimalism not only means a reduction in material possessions, but also where you are putting your time and energy daily. So your micro routines. So it's not just about materialistic goods, but your routines as well. So and, and there's a great quote from Russell Brand. He says, if you don't worship an ideal, then you will worship the, the finite. And what does that mean? If you don't worship a higher deity, something transcendent, you will worship low-hanging fruits. Who are you trying to be? Are you feeling a lack? Because you don't look like that celebrity or that you know actor or whoever it is, singer. And you don't own what they own. Is it not culture's aims to facilitate this lacking in order to keep you consumed, wanting more things? Why wouldn't it be their aim? Maybe if I obtain this car, this game, this couch, whatever it is, I will feel complete. Who are you if you are not your clothes, your furniture, your car, or job, as the famous Tyler Durden dictum from Fight Club goes, right? That's why I love that movie. I, I, I kind of it resonated me, with me when I watched it when I was young. He, he said, you're not your car. You're not your khakis. It's like, who are you? And when I was watching it, I'm like, I don't know. You know, I thought that's what made up my identity. Could it be that the more we cling to, the more we detach from the transcendence, from God, from peace, from the unknown, letting go means falling into the hands of God, opening up the doors of your narrow perceptions away from the finite to potential. Could sitting on a park bench near the ocean be more fulfilling than level seven of a video game or the newest Netflix series? No, but seriously, just... What's the ripple effect of these things? Because taking on the challenges of tidying up your space, making it more organized and clean, 
that has a longer shelf life than a video game because these things only are designed to keep you coming back to it, right? And yes, that's the same with cleaning up a room. You want to come back to the cleaning of the room, but it's going to have a, a more positive effect and long-term effect on your mental health. This goal-directed behavior of cleaning and organizing, pursuing something meaningful, this produces positive emotion. Culture makes it seem like a new jacket or a video game is the goal you need to seek out to obtain that positive emotion. But at the end of the road, there is no lasting gratification. Only a loss in money, a loss in time, a loss in energy, in the fact that you spent so much time binging a show, you neglected five or ten other meaningful tasks around you that could have been dealt with. And we see this in Groundhog Day when Phil starts to take on this monumental responsibility on a daily basis and he continues to pursue that because at the the first half of the movie or the the first two-thirds of the movie phil is engaging in hedonistic pursuits these habits that only fulfill these desires sex fame attention uh money all of these things he was clinging to, but then all of a sudden we see him transform into a different character based on the outcomes these things were producing. They weren't solving his suffering, but only facilitating and causing more drama and more pain in his life. But he found that when he attended to other people and when he engaged in acts of service, when he takes care of himself through discipline, he finds meaning that way. So you have to sacrifice something and you have to prioritize other things in order to, well, to well, how good of a life do you want to live, really? The future you has to take on the burden you neglect. Think about that. So you're binging a show then after the show, what happens? The mind goes, oh my God, I got to attend to all of these things. Make minimalism manageable. Start with one drawer, one cupboard, and with one item. Clean that one small section. And that will produce enough positive emotion and energy to go and tackle the next section. We have to start somewhere. I can't force you to do that. That's up to you. Have a calendar. Mark the goals so you can see yourself progressing somewhere. Share your completed goals with someone. In your night journal, write the big three things 
you are pleased about doing today. Lastly, the more you separate yourself from culture and make significant sacrifices, the closer you become to unity, to peace, to freedom, and to God. What does it mean? Less is more. We hear that all all the time. Well, the less you cling to, which requires energy and attention, the more space and energy opens up around you. That narrow perspective you had over what you clung to opens up to potential, what's possible out in the world, that you're capable of much more. And lastly, I want to end this episode with a powerful quote. The consumption society has made us feel that happiness lies in having things and has failed to teach us the happiness of not having things. And that's by Elise Bolding. And that's where I'm going to leave you on this podcast episode. Thank you, everyone, for being a supporter of the show. You can be a supporter just by reviewing this show on Spotify, on iTunes. It'll help move the show out to other people who are suffering. And please share the show. Share it on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram, wherever you share things. And lastly, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com 